Let's open our Bibles tonight to the Word here in, in 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 2. We'll start reading at verse 4. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed of by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. Heavenly Father, we ask that you add the blessing to the reading of the word tonight. We pray, God, for your Holy Spirit to move amongst us, to reveal truth to us, to open our ears to what the Spirit's saying, that, God, our hearts would be very receptive and fertile soil in which the word would take root, and that, God, tonight this word would, would indeed edify the body of Christ, that it might be built up. And, Lord, we look to you to anoint uh, the pastor uh, uh, tonight, uh, that as I bring forth this word, that it would be under the anointing of the Holy Spirit and not in, in the flesh. For, Lord, that which is flesh is flesh, that which is spirit is spirit. And, God, we need you whenever we uh, look into the word. So, Lord, tonight minister in your word, and we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Looking at this passage, it uh, evidently refers to Christ, and it's quite similar to the language that is used over in Psalm 118, uh, verse 22. And uh, the psalmist uh, wrote that some thousand years before uh, Christ, and uh, I believe that maybe these are the words over in Psalm 118 that Peter may have been looking at, may have been thinking of, or may have read when he was writing this. I believe that uh, many times as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to write Scripture, I believe they had the Old Testament open before them, uh, not as a book as we have, but the, the scrolls and, and so forth. And I, I think that maybe he might have been referring to that. Uh, however, I want to notice some things here tonight. First of all, I want you to notice uh, the description given Christ. Secondly, uh, the man's rejection, man's rejection of the stone. And thirdly, God's rejection, or God's respect for this stone. And then fourthly, the sinner's duty and uh, um, interest in the, this stone. 
So let's start by looking at the description given to, uh, to Christ. It says here uh, in verse 4, coming to him as to a living stone. He's, he's being described as a stone, and of course that's not unfamiliar to us. Uh, in many places in Scripture, Christ is referred to as a, as a rock, a stone. Uh, he was the rock that followed them through the wilderness, and uh, water came out of the rock, and he said, upon this rock I will build my church, and uh, it's not an unfamiliar term to us. However, this is expressive of strength and of power that Christ has. A stone has strength and it has power. Uh, created things uh, are things that are built on the sand, so to speak. Uh, they're fleeting uh, things. They're changing things. They're, they're uncertain things. The things of this world are so uncertain. You, you think you got something great and then all of a sudden it decays and it uh, falls apart and it rusts. We were talking about new cars tonight, uh, Anthony and I, and uh, we, we decided that uh, in, in two or three years uh, you, you could have a $30,000 car that's a $30,000 piece of rust, you know. <clears throat> but uh, it's not that way with Christ. Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. Amen? And uh, he possesses all power. Jesus said, All authority has been given unto me in heaven and in earth. Uh, Matthew 28 to 18. And he gave a repeated uh, display of, uh, of this while he was on the earth. He exerted his power over obstinate diseases. You remember there was a woman who was, uh, uh, she had an issue of blood. She had uh, uh, had it for a long time. She had gone from this doctor to that doctor. She had gone all over the place uh, spending her money. She had spent all of her living uh, looking for some kind of help. And one day she said to herself, if I can just get a hold of the hem of his garment, I'll be healed. And that's all it took. And people are spending money right and left. Uh, they're, they're, go they're going here and there and all over looking for the answer. And Jesus is the answer. Hallelujah. <clears throat> and then he used... He ex exercised the same authority and power over, over the storm. You remember he was, uh, he was out on the uh, Sea of Galilee and, and uh, a big storm came up. And all he did is he, he looked at the storm and he said, cease, still, be quiet. And it calmed right out. Well, he still has that power today. He still has that same authority today. He can calm the troubled sea, amen? He can calm the troubles in your life. All he has to do is speak the word and it's done. Hallelujah. Uh, he used that same exercise of authority over, over, the, uh, over the dead. Lazarus. All he did was say, come forth. 
And here comes Lazarus jumping out. He'd been all tied up in grave clothes. And he comes hopping out of that grave. And he had been in that grave long enough that they said he stinks. But praise God, he was alive. At the word of Jesus. That's authority, isn't it? Hallelujah. He had the same authority over the devils. There was this man that lived amongst the tombs. And, and he, he was... He was such a bad case that they tried to chain him, and he, he, would, he would break those fetters like they were nothing. He would uh, cut himself, himself with stones and so forth. Uh, he, he was, he was uh, running around naked. But when Jesus got a hold of him, there he, there he was clothed and in his right mind. And God still does those kind of miracles today. He can take a man who, who has spent a, a lifetime in an insane asylum, and all he has to do is speak the word, and the man is perfectly sane. Hallelujah. He's still raising the dead. He's still healing the sick. He's still calming the seas. He's, a, he's the rock of ages. I like that song. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in thee. Hallelujah. Rock of ages. You can hide in Jesus. You can, you can find solace there. He's able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he ever lives to make intercession for them. It says over in Hebrews 7, verse 25. Secondly, this description is also is an expression of his firmness and his durability. A rock is durable. Some of, some of the, those old rocks out in the Grand Canyon, that, the, these people that believe in evolution, they, they try to tell you they've been there for millions of years. Worn away by the waters and the winds. I think God could probably just made him that way. But. Anyway, rock is durable. You take something that's been under pressure for a length of time like a diamond, and it becomes very, very hard. And Jesus, he's the pearl of great price, isn't he? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I, I think he's durable. I, I, I don't think it's, he's uh, like a wood, hay, or stubble, you know. Things that, that uh, in a flash, they're gone. Nothing can affect him. Time will not change him. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Then secondly here, it doesn't say that he's just a stone. It says coming unto him as to a living stone. A living stone. How many of you know live stones? This stone has life. He not only has life in himself, He's the source of all life. 
All life emanates from him. He's not unconscious. He has feeling. He can feel your infirmities. He can be touched by the feeling of your infirmities, the Bible says. Hallelujah. God knows the things that you have been going through and God can sympathize with you. He is a God that can be touched. He has feelings. He's alive. Hallelujah. He knows about your conditions, knows about your miseries. He knows when you're happy and when you're sad. Hallelujah. He's not like some old idle piece of stone like that. He's a lively stone. And then it says here that this stone has been in, rejected indeed by men. What an understatement. He's been rejected by men. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. You see, this scripture here is really talking about the Jewish people, the Jewish nation. The Jews had rejected their Savior, their Messiah. They just wouldn't receive him as the Messiah. They despised his miracles. They rejected his doctrines. Turn with me to Matthew 21. You can hold your place because we'll be going back. Matthew chapter 21, <clears throat> verse 33. Here another parable. 21, verse 33. Here another parable. There was a certain landowner who planted a vineyard and set a hedge around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a tower. And he leased it to uh, vine dressers and went into a far country. Now when the vintage time drew near, he sent his servants to the vine dressers that they might receive its fruit. And the vine dressers took his servant, beat one, killed, a, killed one, and stoned another. Again he uh, sent another servant uh, more than the first, and they did uh, likewise to them. The last of all he sent his, his son to them, saying, they will... Re they will respect my son. But when the vine dressers saw the son, they said among themselves, this is the, the heir. Come, let us kill him and seize his inheritance. And they caught him and uh, cast him out of the vineyard and killed him. Therefore, when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those vine dressers? They said to him, he will destroy those wicked men miserable, miserably and leased this vine vineyard to, the, uh, to other vine dressers who will render to him fruit in, the, in their season. Jesus said to them, Did you never read in the scriptures the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone? This was the, the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our, in our eyes. Therefore I say to you, the kingdom of God will be taken from you and given to a to a nation 
uh, bearing the fruit of it. And whoever falls on this stone will be broken, but on whomever it falls, it will uh, grind him to powder. Now when the chief priests and the Pharisees heard his parable, they perceived that he was speaking of them. And Peter's speaking of the same thing. He came to Israel. He expected the fruit from this vineyard, Israel. And they rejected him. He sent the prophets, and they stoned them. He sent others, and they, they treated them bad. And he finally sent his son, and they hung him on a cross. They rejected him. Why did they reject him? Was it for lack of evidence? No, I don't think so. Because never man spoke as this man spoke. Never did any man do the miracles that this man did. I don't think they had any excuse. And neither do we. He has been given to another nation now. We are a holy nation, a priesthood, a holy nation, Peter says. The church. And what if, if he cast off Israel because of their unfaithfulness, what's he going to do to the church if we're not faithful? Hallelujah. What, what was the reason that they rejected him? I think it was pride that was produced by unbelief. The fact that they wanted to be their own gods. They didn't want this man to rule over them. You see, if you accept Jesus Christ as Lord, then that means he has the right to rule in your life. And there's a lot of people that won't accept Jesus Christ because they want to rule their own lives. Amen? Christ is still disallowed of men. The Jews as a nation, as a whole, still reject their Messiah. As a whole, here in the United States, we have rejected Jesus Christ. It's not that we haven't heard of him. It's not that we haven't seen his miracles. It's that we choose not to live according to this word and according to the teachings of Jesus Christ. The majority of the people in the United States do not accept Jesus as their Savior. There's some that may have a head knowledge of him, some that's heard about him. Everybody's heard about him. They just choose not to. They prefer, they prefer humanism to the truth. They prefer death to life. They prefer bondage to freedom. Thirdly here, 
God's respect to the stone. Chosen of God and, what's it say? Three times in the reading there, it says precious. Jesus is precious. Do you realize what we have? He is more precious than life itself. Hallelujah. Two things I want to mention here. First of all, he was chosen by God. That's what it says. And verse 4 is what we're going by there. That's my text. Chosen of God. You see, he was the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. This was God's selection. And God doesn't have a secondary plan. Folks, this is it. This is going to work. This is it. Those that believe on the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. Those that don't are damned already because they have not believed on the only Son of God. This is it. Those who come out from amongst them, those who, who uh, are joined to his Son, become the church. He's the only sacrifice for sin. There isn't, there's no other way to get rid of it. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. The only thing that's going to cleanse us from our sins is the blood of Jesus Christ. And I, the second thing I see here is that word precious, and I love it. I guess that's what drew me to this for a text tonight. I, I, I don't know as we really... When you've got something precious, you take care of it. When you've got something that's precious, you hold on to it. When you got something that's precious, you guard it. And we have the most precious thing that you could ever possess. Jesus Christ dwells in our hearts by faith. His name is precious. God has exalted his name above every name. His doctrine is precious. This is my beloved son. Hear ye him. Hallelujah. His teachings are precious. His sacrifice is precious. He died once. For all. Just once. For everybody. Whosoever will. His person is precious. In Hebrews 1 6, it says, Let all the angels of God worship him. You know what? The name of Jesus 
Every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It's coming. Amen? Hallelujah. Even the unbeliever is going to have to admit it. Amen. Last of all, let's look at the sinner's duty and interest. It says, come to him. Come to him. Hallelujah. Come to him as to a living stone. This implies that we have knowledge of him. I want to look at one last scripture over in Romans. We'll close with that one. Romans 10. Verse 13, it says, For whosoever, I love this, for whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord might be saved shall be saved. No ifs, ands, or buts. Shall be saved. Now then, uh, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent as it is written? How beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Then it's, there's a sad verse there. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Not everyone's going to believe, but those to whom we have shown this precious commodity to us who have shown the unsaved to the rock that is higher than us, they have, they have to make a decision. You can't ride in on mom's coattail and you can't ride in on daddy's coattail and you can't ride in just because you belong to a church. It's going to be through the name of Jesus. And it's up to us. We have been presented the gospel. It's up to us to come. Amen? It's up to us to react. He's precious. Hallelujah. See, we must know him scripturally as he's revealed in the scriptures. We must feel and sense our need for Christ. We must receive Christ as, and his teaching. You can't just take Christ without his teaching. Amen? And we must cleave to the rock that is higher than us. Hallelujah. Take me to that rock that is higher than I. Hallelujah. Reject Jesus. Seems kind of foolish to me, doesn't it, to you? How can anyone reject such a beautiful gift? 
God has given us an unspeakable gift. And all we've got to do is reach out and take it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, a lot of people are trying to build their, their home on the sand. You remember the parable of the houses that were built on the sand? Even these little kids in the back here, they know about the parable of the house that was built on the sand. And then there was a house that was built on the rock. And the winds came and the waters and the floods. What do you think happened to that one that was built on the sand? Which one of you little girls back there can tell me what happened to the house that was built on the sand? What happened? It fell apart. And ex that's exactly right. If we don't accept Jesus Christ, we're building on the sand. And we've got to, we've got to build on the rock. And Jesus is the rock. Hallelujah. Let's start building on that precious rock. The foundation's laid. It's up to us to build. Amen? Amen. Pat, would you close with a word of prayer?